Things were starting to look bleak. It was Friday night. Should we stay home? Friday nights, as you know, were usually dinner at the bar at the Hotel Tivoli. This was more than a week ago, a world away. Things weren't yet that clear. So we drove into town for just a drink, we said. At the hotel, it was quiet. The only people at the bar with us was a young couple who were clearly visiting and staying at the hotel for the weekend. Not sure it was the getaway they planned. After a drink themselves, they told Devin the bartender they were taking a walk and left. We continued to chat up Devin and offered our non-ending support, regardless of what would happen in the weeks to come. We'd stay just for a drink and eat at home, but we promised to still be regulars. Jeanette, our friend and manager, mentioned that Giobata was open, the new restaurant by Francesco Butoni, who with his wife Michelle ran the famous Mercado in Red Hook you've heard me talk about, until January. They were now renovating a space in Tivoli for a new restaurant. An Almentaritari-style restaurant, named after his great-grandfather, a pasta legend in Italy. We were so excited. We've all been waiting for this new chapter. So we walked down the street and entered what was a joyous, busy opening night. It looked amazing, with a big room of tables for the restaurant, and then an area on the other side of the bar dedicated to takeout. I made a beeline to swipe a jar of my beloved bolognese that only Francesco can make. We took two seats at the bar and, of course, decided to do dinner instead of heading back home. In my head, I tried to measure distances between us and everyone else. We had a laugh when next to us was that couple from the hotel bar only 30 minutes earlier. Turned out they're both Danish. She works in fashion in the city, and he's in music. A couple. They were visiting and thinking of getting a place up here. Tonight, the scene probably sealed the deal. Near the door, we could see who arrived. We saw a bunch of friends, including Chris and Amy, and others we know from the Hamlet. Then in came Juliet and her husband, the deputy mayor. Juliet runs Equus, an art studio and store for horse and animal lovers in Red Hook Village, right on Market West, West Market Street. Unsolicited commercial. You got to visit her online or in person, especially if you love horses. We met in person just a few weeks ago, and I got a full explanation of the Red Hook Society for the Apprehension and Detention of Horse Thieves. Naturally, I will be covering that in depth in a later episode. I also bought a t-shirt. This evening... I think was the last time we were really out-out. It was just as news was breaking that things might start to close around the country, and definitely in New York State. It was opening night for Giobata, though, and for just a few hours, it felt like New Year's Eve. It was also probably the last time we could responsibly say, or even think aloud, screw quarantine. I'm Matt Zucker, and this is Cityit, learning to live and love life in the Hudson Valley. It's day eight of staying away from other people. So far, two birthday parties have been canceled, one with my family and one with our friends Jamie and Tom, who I'm sharing a big number with. We did make it to New Orleans, though, with my in-laws and their families for my in-laws' 50th anniversary, which was fun. I think that was my last plane ride. Social distancing isn't hard to do up here. You do the country wave and you can still walk around town or the parks with plenty of room to say hi from even 10 feet away. I'll admit we did think about where we should be, in the city, the suburbs, or the country. It wasn't much of a debate for us though. First of all, we don't have the city apartment anymore and upstate is home, so there's that. To me, it also seemed easier to stay healthy and away from it up here. But it's kind of a silly thought. This is hardly remote. We're still just 45 minutes from what's considered an epicenter. On the other hand, you have to wonder, are we actually near good medical care if things go south? Our doctors are in New York. The best hospitals are in New York. So if one of us got sick, would we really go to Northern Duchess Hospital? Or would we finagle our way into Lenox Hill or NYU Medical Center in the city? 
I don't know. I'm following the news, including our Governor Cuomo's addresses, which I find honest and informative. He also seems to sneak in proud little New York State facts, as if it's an I Love New York commercial. I'm also trying to follow local news by subscribing to the Poughkeepsie Journal, the Daily Freeman, the River Special COVID-19 newsletter. There's also special coverage from Roger Gilson of the other Hudson Valley, for whom I'm a Patreon supporter, because I believe in what he's doing. You should too if you want to support him. Things shut down fairly quickly. That Saturday, when everything really started to hit the fan, we stopped at Murray's Coffee on the way to Claremont with the dog. Only hours later, the first case was identified at Bard College, and Murray sent a note that being so close to the school and an employer of a lot of the students, they were closing. But people also seemed to get entrepreneurial fast. Our friend Jen, who's a librarian at the local school, started a YouTube channel for parents and kids. We found a new dog walker who can take Nora on hikes, and Brian can work in the gardens ably. He also joined a running club, which has a good social distance, especially the first time when he ran off the route and got lost. I spent half my time trying to find funny backgrounds for my Zoom video chats. Zoom is really the new social network. We're doing virtual happy hours with family and friends. And whenever I see a list of things to do with kids, I text it to people like Allison and Naveen. Greg Farm, which is two miles away, created some brand new paths. Now a new place to hike, which we're excited about. So we took Nora and then stopped by their farm market store to pick up a few things like veg, cheese, and an orange marmalade that I couldn't find anywhere else. There were only a few people, so it was easy to keep one's distance. At his fish counter, I spoke to Norm Grigg and thanked him for keeping the market open. Serving me a taste of smoked trout, which of course I bought, he said, well, we all have to eat. There are plenty of errands, of course. I started a new service called Limited Handyman for people like me with good intentions, yet shockingly few skills. I ferry firewood from garage to living room. I replaced two traditional bulbs with a Philips Hue for audio Siri control. I tighten the toilet bowl seat. And I make lists, lots of lists. More ambitiously, I'm converting our goat shed into an office. I tried to rip out a broken shelf, but got stuck and then bored. We have an old dining room table in there, so last week I cleaned it, I swept out the shed, and I ordered a rug and and some bins from Target. Yesterday, the rug came, so we put it under the table. I put together the bins and moved things around, moving gardening supplies and reorganizing all my prepper water. Brian's Fresca, paper towels, and cases of Shafe Stubble lactose-free milk, which Brian ordered a few weeks ago. Cleaning services, I even hung an old poster of a cow from my first apartment to add a little zip. Brian noted I may have hung it a little too close to that building's small fire stove, so I probably will wait to actually use the room when it's a few degrees warmer. Busy. We need to stay busy. Now, not everyone is paying heed to government guidelines or basic common sense. I still drive by places up here, and like you hear about in the city, you can see folks chatting up close, and I'm sure they don't care. I wonder how we'd handle it in the city. We'd probably stay in our apartment building, which had some community space, but I guess that would be off limits. The gym would be closed. There is our outdoor space, though, and we could take walks on the High Line and the riverfront. I'm sure glad we went to Israel when we did. My friend Ali sent me an urban dictionary definition called Covidiot, kind of like Sidiot. (laughs) The first one was 
a stupid person who stubbornly ignores social distancing protocol helping spread COVID-19. The second definition, though, of covidiot was a stupid person who hoards groceries needlessly, spreading COVID-19 fears and depriving others of vital supplies. Thanks, Allie. Very funny. So I posed a question on our Facebook page to ask what people were doing right now. Juliet from Equius Art Gallery responded that she loves how everyone's offering help and pointed out the worry for our small businesses. There's plenty we can do, from ordering from them to buying gift certificates to use later. I saw that our town supervisor, Robert, has town hall ordering lunch every day from a different restaurant in the village, which is cool. I've learned you have to put hardship in context. A writer I know, Adam Baer, has a new podcast out called Recoup. Adam, um, with another author, Ava Hogberg, they both have long-time chronic medical conditions, and their new podcast, Recoup, talks about what it's like to be homebound all the time. We can learn a lot. I listened to episode two, which focused on the virus and found it smart, funny, and humbling. It's a tough time, and a time to be both creative and extra generous. I can't believe it, but I even did a country wave at the neighbors that aren't speaking to us. We don't know how long this will be. No one, however, is poking fun at my past prepping. There's one character, though, who is surely pleased by us being around all the time with no chance of leaving anytime soon. Our dog, Nora. Thanks for listening. City is produced in the Mid-Hudson Valley by Matt Zucker with every kind of support from Brian Fiore and Nora Efron. Our local farms, media, and businesses are both our friends and our community. On the City at Facebook page, you'll see me promote various ones you could support online or ask me for a list. Meanwhile, please be careful, and as soon as it's safe, come visit.